It's been two long weeks since BYU lost to the Wisconsin Badgers at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Hornybrook looks there and he finally goes down. Long time in the backfield. Corbin Kofushi makes the sack his first of the season. Tonight, the Cougars make the 125-mile trip north to Logan. Crucial matchup against the Aggies of Utah State. It's like any rivalry. You know, it's intense. Obviously, both teams are fighting hard. I don't hate Utah State. I want to win every game, so they're the next opponent. With two weeks to regroup and prepare, BYU likes the progress it's made. Really, really proud about it, the way that they're rebounding now, and we've got to put it on the field on Friday. Tonight's game could be a turning point in the season, and the Cougars intend to make the most of their opportunity under the Friday night lights. We're not going to roll over and die with BYU. We're going to stand up. We're going to fight. It's time to count you down to kickoff. BYU versus Utah State on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Live coverage of BYU football begins with the Cougar Countdown Show. The Countdown Show is brought to you by Ken Garf Nissan, Honda, and Volkswagen. Proud sponsors of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Good evening, BYU fans, and welcome into the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Ben Bagley filling in for Jason Shepard tonight, and I'm joined right now by former BYU Cougar QB and radio analyst, great? Yeah, we'll call Mark Lyons radio analyst, great. For BYU BYU football, Mark Lyons joins us. Mark, a weird last two weeks for BYU. We come off a disappointing performance against Wisconsin at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. That leads to a players-only meeting the following Monday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And by all reports since then, practices have been good. Everybody feels good with the ownership that was taken through that meeting. But we've yet to see it on the field. That translates tonight. So as we prepare for kickoff against Utah State, how would you best describe the atmosphere surrounding BYU football right now? Well, first of all, let me say it's a beautiful day here. I'm not kidding you. And, you know, the last time we were up here, it was snowy and cold. It was late November, and we were calling the game from a Pepsi concession cup. Truck. Yes, and I was on the sidelines for all four quarters of that game. So oh, you were? I, I, it was, I was there. I, I remember was that ugly. very well. Before the so, game, went uh, down to a local sporting good place and bought a pair of snow boots. <laughs> I like the idea of playing a, an in-state game near the end of the season, but I also enjoy very much uh, being in their <laughs> brand-new press box and 70 degrees. So uh, that's great. So I do think that uh, this is a critical game. Now, here's what I think about that players' meeting. They recognize uh, just the same as everybody else does. It's time to make a turnaround. You've got to get it done. Everybody kind of knows that uh, they're up against the wall right now. And so they get together. They've got to get an improved commitment from every player. Every player has to commit and say, I'm part of this. I'm going to do better. I'm going to make a bigger effort this week because we've got to get better. We just have to get better. And the, so I, I think that the the first thing that happens is they recognize it's time for a change. Well, so that's the important thing. The overwhelming message from players, they talked about what went on in that players' meeting, is like, we need to take ownership of this program, and we need to work harder for the coaches. Now, does that sound like a good message to have, or does it kind of sound – There's and Mark, this is not just from the players, but it seems like from the fan base over the past two weeks, it's almost like people are reaching for the panic button. Well, I think you need a leader, and so if you rely on your coaches – as your leaders, those guys are going to, that's, you know, the, the second part that comes into this is loyalty. So if you put loyalty together with commitment, 
Well, you have a, a pretty good foundation for saying if it's third quarter and it's getting ugly, I'm going to suck it up and play harder rather than say I'm going to roll over and play dead. And so I, I like the idea that they think that uh, it's time for us. And, and if they have loyalty and committed to each other and a coach, and then also they've made this commitment that they are going to play harder, I do think that uh, I, it was I'm going to – I'm going to use Lou Holtz way too many times today, but uh, Lou Holtz uh, once said, uh, if you're alive, you're, you're either getting better or you're dying. And so you're either improving or you're dying. You've got to choose improving if you're going to be on this football team. That's what I think they're saying. I'm just glad you didn't try to do it in the Lou Holtz voice, Mark. Oh. <laughs> hey, now, now we turn the page as we look ahead to tonight's game. BYU enters the game 1-3, and three, having lost three straight. Utah State comes into the game 2-2, two and two, coming off of one of their largest margins of road victory in school history with a 61-10 win at San Jose State. Tonight it's a rivalry game. It's the Cougars and the Aggies playing for the 86th time in school history. What do you expect from both teams tonight in Logan? Well, Utah State's in a similar situation. They they have to get this victory. They want to win this game. And uh, so the fact that they are coming in confident after just rolling last week over that San Jose team at San Jose, uh, they feel pretty good about themselves. So I think they are going to come out with the idea that uh, we executed well last week. We can do it again this week. BYU is the team that has to be able to step up and make sure they stop that that steamroller they've got to get in front and uh, be able to play with the lead in this game and i think that uh, they it's important for them to uh, do that early they've got to show something early if they score first well now utah state's a little shaky and uh, byu's got more confidence i think this is a, a confidence game it's going to be a, a a tight game and i think it's uh, both teams are, are in this position that it's do or die now looking ahead, you're teasing my keys to the game, Mark. One of my, my very first key is the Cougars need to play from ahead. They haven't done that since Portland State, the first game of the season. Yeah. But lo- looking at these Aggies, Mark, they boast a senior QB and Kent Miner- Myers, who's capable of hurting a defense from the pocket and with his legs. Myers completing 67% of his passes this season with four TDs, but does have six interceptions. Yeah. Also, though, he's the second leading rusher on this Aggie team and the 19th all-time rusher on the Utah State rushing list. So if you're the BYU defense, what's the keys to containing Kent Myers? Well, uh, they're in trouble. I think BYU is in a, a tough situation. If so Utah runs a similar spread option offense when they run spread option. Now, both teams do things differently. They don't run the same offense at all. But uh, the one similarity that they have that uh, no one else has really shown BYU is the spread option. And that's where Myers gets to be able to run the football. And so uh, they run some unique pass plays out of their spread. And so they'll give it to the back. Myers will keep it and try and run it. And then he'll start to run it, and then he'll stop and throw a pop pass to the tight end, to the wide receiver, to the second receiver in. All of those create problems because your 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 corners are not going to be involved at all in making the tackle on Myers because they have to worry about the wide receiver. The safety has got to come up and be able to help in making that tackle, and he wants to do it with it before he gets a lot of yards. Now against Utah that uh, their quarterback was able to make a lot of yards before he engaged with either a linebacker or the safety. So that's the problem that BYU faces tonight. Uh, 
I think that uh, they are going to, certainly they've made changes between how they handled playing Huntley from Utah and how they're going to play Myers. Now, last uh, two years ago, uh, Myers, BYU just whooped them. They they took care of them really well. Last year, they were also successful in limiting that kind of rush. So uh, I do think that they'll go to the kind of the old playbook and see how they did it and try it again. There's a blueprint there for success. Use it. Coming up later on the Cougar Countdown Show, we'll have your Ask Lions segment. Tweet me your questions for Mark and your comments throughout the game to at Ben Bags on Twitter. You can follow me there and tweet at me there, at Ben Bags. But first, we'll talk to the radio play-by-play voice of the Utah State Aggies, Scott Gerrard. The Cougar Countdown Show continues in a moment on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Cut to the goal line. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Cougar. Squally has a gap. Squally into the end zone. Oh, Canada. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons with you. We're also joined by the voice of the Utah State Aggies and a close personal friend, Scott Gerard, in his first year as the Aggies play-by-play man. Scott, welcome to the Cougar Countdown Show, and thanks for joining us. Ben, it's an honor and a privilege. Always good to catch up with you. How are you? I'm doing well, man. It's good. It's good to be back on the air with you. Oh, that's hey, great. Just hey, like looking- the good old days. Like the good old days. Scott, looking at this game tonight, uh, we've co- we've covered this game, BYU versus Utah, for a lot of years. Depending on you ask, who you ask, the rivalry means different things. There's emotions on both sides. So let me ask you, what does this game tonight mean for the Utah State Aggies? Well, it means a lot, and it's it, it's it's a bigger than necessarily just playing BYU. To finish this first month of the season at 3-2, and two, in a year where last year you went three and nine, I think it's going to mean a lot for this team. Uh, as far as their confidence going forward, they still have a full slate outside of San Jose of Mountain West Conference opponents coming up. And so to be able to start the year at three and two with, uh, with losses to two teams that are currently undefeated, you're going to feel pretty good about that. You're going to be pretty excited about what's going on. And there's a certain level of confidence going forward. Uh, Now, right now, it's a team that we're not quite sure who they are, and we're still trying to figure out who they are. You know, two blowout wins against teams they should beat and two blowout losses against teams that they shouldn't, uh, frankly, beat. So it's going to be an interesting situation to see how these two teams handle or how Utah State handles themselves uh, in this game. By the way, Ben, uh, just looking down on the field right now, a little (laughs) bit of extracurricular activity. And, uh, Mark, you and I have a front row of (laughs) – Uh, look at this, uh, some extracurricular activity going on between Utah State and BYU before this game gets going. Well, the referee just stepped up and threw a flag, so I don't know. No, there's no rest out there yet, obviously. But, uh, yeah, Utah State, BYU starts early. They come out and go through there a little bit of stretch and pass, and it's uh, certainly unorganized. So there are some coaches out there. But Utah State came out and uh, got in the midst of everything, and uh, there were words being said, and uh, coaches got over there trying to break things up. And uh, Utah State looks like they won the fight because they're all walking away high-fiving each other as if something good happened. But so that answers that emotion question. Uh, You can see right away that uh, the emotions are high, particularly uh, here for the home team. You know, and it's something that, you know, a lot of people will downplay it and say that, 
you know, it's not necessarily a rivalry. And, and from BYU's perspective, there's a lot of truth to that just because BYU's won the majority of these games over the last, you know, you know, 30, 40 years. And so that, that there's a certain element to it. But when you come up here to Logan and Mark, you've called countless games up yeah. here. Uh, you know that there's something special in the air in Cache Valley when BYU comes to town. Absolutely. And, uh, well, now they're leaving the field. So that was their whole purpose. Well, let me ask you, uh, seven of the uh, two deep uh, uh, for Utah State are J.C. transfers. Yes. And uh, they just did uh, explode last week. Is there something to the idea that the J.C. transfer has to acclimate himself a little bit more, figure out what's going on? It's a different level of football? Yeah, there's no doubt about it, especially on the offensive line, too, where most of those guys outside of Quinn Ficklin, who played transfer, at BYU yeah. as a transfer from BYU, all those guys are J.C. guys outside of Quinn. So. There is there was an emphasis of we've got to get better immediately, and I don't want to say desperation, but there was a sense of urgency, like we've got to improve this thing. And so they went out, they hit the JC ranks, they completely whitewashed the offensive line, where all five of these guys played their first game in a Utah State uniform against Wisconsin. Um, and for the most part, they've had they they played fairly well against Wisconsin, especially in the first half. They played a dog against uh, Wake Forest, but for the most part, they played well. They they had a you know several returning starters. But they weren't good enough. The JC guys came and beat them out. But you're right. The learning curve is there, and slowly they're progressing to the point where they're playing some pretty good football right now. Sky, you mentioned the the Aggies still trying to find an identity for this that team. Same could be said for BYU. Four games in, played three tough games, close one, two blowouts. You beat Portland State in the first game. Didn't wasn't pretty, but they're really still looking for an identity for these Cougars as well. So on the Aggies side of it, you can speak as a play by play guy. What is it that the Aggies do best? Uh, right now, what they when you can allow Kent Myers to get in, uh, when you can get him to the sideline, you can get him out of the pocket, you can allow him to create, he's very good. If you keep him in a pocket and you're able to pressure him up the middle, he's not a particularly great decision maker. That's not something that he's going to develop where he's checking down, check, check, check. He's a read and react kind of guy. So if you can get him in space, you can uh, play action out of him. If you can get the running game going for him, you're going to be in pretty good shape. Right now, they've got to be – they're good when he can react and they've got the running game going and he's allowed to get to the outside with the read, repass option. That's what he does very well. Defensively, they've got a good defensive backfield. Jalen Davis is probably going to be playing in the NFL. You all remember Dallin Levitt. Dallin's playing a heck of a heck of a season in the first four games of the year. Uh, Jamarcus Ingram is a redshirt guy that came out of nowhere. He's starting on the other side. They're really good in that defensive backfield. Good talent-wise at linebacker, but very inexperienced. Sometimes they'll miss some gaps and give up some big runs from the linebackers. Defensive line getting a little healthier. They're pretty good, but uh, I would say right now you've got a really good defensive backfield. That's the strength of this team. And if the quarterback can keep his, you know, keep focused and can make plays on the outside, he's pretty good as well. Well, uh, how about running the football? Now, Myers is a good and bad there. Yep, he's yep. their second-leading rusher, but it's because he had that 68-yard run. And yet the other two backs, you know, are, you know, they're doing okay. Yep, and that's that's probably about the best way to put it. They're okay right now. They love El Toro Allen. He's another J.C. transfer. Uh, they feel like he's coming on strong. He started last week. He will not start today. Lawan Hunt will go back and be the starter in today's game. Uh, El Toro Allen will come off the bench, but they're going to get equal carries. El Toro's just not a bigger guy, but when he hits a hole and he's got a full head of speed and they 
provide a hole for him, he's really, really good. Lawan Hunt's going to be your third and one, third and two type back. But, you know, if, if the offensive line isn't performing well, they're not the t- kind of guy that can shed a blocker in the backfield on a third and one when it's not blocked well and find a way to get those two yards. They're not quite that level yet. And so they've got to get good play from their offensive line to really make that uh, running game go. You, t- you mentioned a little bit about the B- Utah State defense. Let's look at it a little bit closer. This BYU offense has struggled thus far this season, looking to get on track tonight. They're going up against the Aggie defense. What On the defensive side of the ball, where are the Aggies most stout? Yeah, it's that defensive backfield. Uh, as I mentioned, Jalen Davis is really good. Uh, you look at uh, Louis Compton is another guy you want to take a look at. That's another JC transfer that they really, really like. Uh, right now they're getting him conditioned. He's not quite up to speed in that regard. So they, they'll pull him off a little bit on third downs. Um, but he is a guy that really can fill a gap. He can hold an edge but still can get after the quarterback a little bit. Uh, but he has to come off the field on third and one, third and two. He's not ready to take on a tight end or an or a offensive tackle. Um, but he can get in the backfield and rush a quarterback if it's third and long. Uh, one guy you want to take a look at, too, is not just Jalen Davis, the defensive back, but Jalen Davis, the blitzer. He's got, uh, I think, three sacks on the season. Both resulted in fumbles. They like to disguise him in blitz packages. So Jalen Davis, a really good player, but coming from a blitzing, uh, those corner blitzes, uh, they'd like to keep that quarterback's head on a swivel. So they'll and get BYU after you struggled with that against Utah. Yes. Yep. Well, you mentioned uh, Louis Compton. Let's talk special teams. Yes. Two block kicks. He has two blocked Kicks, yeah, I know, and that that's pretty impressive. But uh, and the field goal kicker is perfect. Nine, isn't it? He hasn't missed one. Yet. He is. Uh, I think he's uh, eight for eight. They had another field goal kicker who hit one. He's eight for eight. They're nine for nine as a team, and fifteen for fifteen on extra points. And uh, Ben and I have gone back and forth long enough to know that field goal kicking has never been particularly great here at Utah State. So everybody's like on pins and needles, thinking, <laughs> "Uh oh, th- this can't last," because this is this doesn't happen up here very often where they've got consistent field goal kickers, but. Right now, this uh, Dominic Everly, they feel like if the game's on the line, they're down two, and they're at their, the, you know, the 25-yard line, and they need to bang in that uh, 42-yarder for a win, they feel pretty comfortable they're going to be able to do it. Hey, Scott, thanks for joining us. Looking forward to a fun game tonight in Logan under the lights as we get ready for a rivalry matchup between BYU and Utah State. Well, if pregame warm-ups are any indication, we're going to have a heated one today. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll get the boxing be a referees yeah. ready to go. Thank you. Coming up next, we'll hear from Kalani Sataki, Johnny Linehan, Bo Hodge, and Elisa Tuiaki in Cougar Cuts. This is the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Southwick sneaks, did not get in, did not get in, they stop him! This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Did not score! Did not score! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons getting you ready for BYU and Utah State. And it's time for Cougar Cuts. After the Wisconsin loss, the BYU players decided it was time to meet without the coaches. Johnny Linehan explains why it happened and why it was important for this team to meet. Early last week, the captains called a meeting for the team, right? And we just had a, had a player meeting at Lavelle Stadium. They, they were able to speak, and it was kind of like an open format where it was just us as a team, no coaches, just us really sitting in the bleachers, kind of at our stadium, at our home, and us kind of talking about how we, we are not happy, obviously, with how we've played. A lot of different people got up and shared why they play, what we still have to play for, and we still have a lot of games left on the season, you know? Like, we're not going to roll over and die. Sure, we've had some bad losses, and, and we haven't played as well 
well as we should have or could have. But, I mean, we're not going to roll over and die. We're BYU. We're going to stand up. We're going to fight. You know, we have another game this week, so we're all focused on that and not focused on what could have been. Well, I think that's uh, well said, you know. And I, I like Johnny Linehan. Don't you? Don't you like Johnny Linehan? Because... Uh, He's good with his tweets, his country and western <laughs> music, but he also comes out and he's pretty straightforward and honest in what he was saying was going on there. And uh, the point is that uh, the everybody got a free opportunity to speak and uh, be able to clear their mind, and uh, everybody should be on the same page. I do think this team needs some unity. They need some togetherness, and uh, that ought to be something that does help bring them together. One of the refreshing things I took from this and listening to Fred Warner talk on this Monday about that players-only meeting, he he sounded like he was one of the ringleaders in bringing this team together for the meeting, going to Russell T. Alvela and saying, hey, we need the stadium, we need it for this, and it's what we're doing. And he was really the one that says, hey, this is my senior season. This is my last chance, and I'm not going out like this. And he kind of really got the ball rolling in that meeting. Head coach Kalani Sataki talked about that meeting this week, and he said he likes the fact that the players care enough to take the ownership of how this team is playing. Well, that's a good sign. That's a, that's what we were trying to um, promote with our players is to lead this team. And I've said it before, this is their, their team. I want them to feel like they have a, a say in, in what we do as a program. It made me happy that, that they were able to take this on. And I like uh, Kalani, yeah. It's just what we were talking about, that uh, the players made the decision. Uh, they're stepping up. They're concerned. The loyalty and commitment are two big motivators to help you pull things together and get things done. Now, I, again, it's pretty hard to to say you're going to see a great improvement because they had a meeting. But the commitment it really does make a big difference in being able to perform better. But it starts in practice. So they had an extra week with the bye. And if they got out there and uh, worked harder this last week because of that, I think that gives them the opportunity to perform better in today's game. Well, I talked about it at the top of the show, Mark. From all indications from players and coaches throughout this week, they said the intensity of practice has been elevated as well as the execution and everybody's drive to succeed at practice. We've also, we also heard about that in fall ball, though, and we haven't yet seen it on game day on the field. So it'll be interesting to see if the last two weeks and that intensity increase translates to tonight on game night at Utah State. Speaking of game night and Utah State, the Cougars will be facing a senior quarterback in Kent Myers. We talked to Scott Gerard earlier about him. Myers is coming off a career-high tying performance at San Jose State where he threw for four TD passes. BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, he was impressed. He looks more seasoned. Uh, played him last year. Um, looked a little jittery. I think I think he's really good this year. He's playing with confidence. Does a, does a good job. I think it's always nice when you have a quarterback behind you that's pushing you a little bit as well. I think Jordan Love is a really good player. Um, coming along, you can tell that Myers is more experienced and feels more comfortable. But they're both they're both good players. Well, Myers is a six foot, two hundred and five pounder. He's a senior. He's got a lot of experience, and uh, he is uh, certainly. A very capable player. You know, here's one of the things I'm very impressed with. Uh, They uh, complete uh, 39% of their third down uh, conversions. They're good on 39% of them. But uh, I do think that uh, part of that reason is because of Myers. 62% of first downs gained are through the air. So of their first downs that they're getting, He's doing the job through the air. So they throw the football more than most teams probably do to get first downs. 
to improve that uh, third down success. I, I think that's pretty impressive. So uh, they put the ball in his hands. He's in charge, and he's going to be the, the one to make the play. The BYU offense is looking to find a rhythm and gain confidence. Bo Hodge expected to be at the helm of that offense again tonight, and he said getting into the end zone and doing it early, that's the goal for the Cougars. It's crucial, obviously. You know, you kind of saw our second drive against Wisconsin. We felt like we had momentum. You know, penalty on on me with the delay game kind of stopped that momentum in its tracks, ended in a field goal. I think, um, you know, a touchdown opposed to a field goal can really change things in the momentum of the game. So, obviously, that's the plan versus Utah State, uh, whether it's me or Tanner, to do our very best to score touchdowns early and hopefully get the ball rolling. Well, I'm impressed. The, The thing I picked up there the most between me, if it's me or Tanner. So <laughs> I think you might have known that it was him. But uh, it is interesting to, as they watch uh, warm-ups out here, Tanner is throwing passes, but he's wearing a boot on his left foot. So he's, he's just getting in a few extra reps, I guess. But he's but, not uh, on the scooter. Yeah, he's not on the scooter anymore. <laughs> so that's gone. Bo Tanner is a very good competitor. And uh, I think the fact that he got that game against Wisconsin – he saw the level of play that is expected uh, in uh, this this football game, and uh, I think that uh, it's going to help him immensely to have been the number one snap taker this last two weeks. And so uh, I doubt that they put in a whole big different package for him, but I do think that uh, he's going to be the guy that's going to be uh, certainly starting all the plays. It's not completely on the quarterback, but they have to have a run game, and he can be a part of that. Well, interesting you bring that up. That's one of the questions coming up in Ask Lions. And that's coming up next. If you have a question for Mark Lions, tweet them at me, at Ben Bags on Twitter. That's at Ben Bags, B-A-G-S. Use hashtag Ask Lions or just tweet it at Ben Bags. You're listening to the Cougar Countdown Show on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. 15-10, touchdown, pick six, Cougars in front. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Welcome back into the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Ben Bagley, filling in for Jason Shepard, and I'm joined by Mark Lyons, live from Maverick Stadium in Logan, and it's time for you to ask Lyons. Mark, Cougar fans have questions, and I'm guessing, as always, you have the answers. Is that right? <laughs> I've got an answer. You know, oh, you it would see- help if it was multiple choice. <laughs> well, we can do that if you want. Uh, <laughs> well, the first one coming in from Twitter, and you can tweet these questions at me and comments throughout the game, at Ben Bags. This one from Kyle Day, who asks, how does the O-line stack up with the Utah State front seven? Can we expect Ula to have a lot of success tonight? Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, I really think that this offensive line has the experience to be able to create openings for those backs to run through because we saw them do it last year. And because of that, you would anticipate that they would be at the same level that they were. Now, uh, the only thing that uh, I think that is a possibility of why they've struggled so far could be that the competition's been extremely good. And that might be the problem. So uh, if they get into a normal... The other part that we recognize is really a problem is that you miss Jamal and Taysom. And they haven't been replaced yet. And so it could have been Jamal and Taysom were that good that they didn't need much of an opening to get through. And this year's components aren't there yet. 
So I'm expecting that uh, this offensive line is going to have a better matchup against the Utah State defensive front. Still a 3-4 look. And I think that uh, that's got to be their objective, I think, early, is to run the football and take the heat off. Holy cow, was that ever a catch out there? Uh, a one-handed snag. I didn't see who it was, but it was great. Sorry that I just uh, broke my thought as I <laughs> picked up on that catch. Uh, that's all right. Pre-game, pre-game entertainment's always key. And you talk about this, the, the BYU offensive line maybe faring a little bit better. You're basically telling me they're not going up against 6-6 behemoths across the line as they did against Wisconsin. Yeah, and the speed and the quickness, uh, you know, with LSU and uh, also with Utah. Utah's strength is always their defense, and, and they're, they're tough guys to run against. And However, BYU has to find something today that they can count on. You know, uh, oh, shoot, I hate to go to Lou Holtz already again, but Lou Holtz said, you know, there are seven colors in the rainbow. And look what Michelangelo did with those seven colors. There are seven notes in the music. Look what Beethoven did with those seven notes. And there's numbers from one to ten that we work with. And look what Bernie Madoff did with those numbers. But the point that he's making is that it doesn't have to be so complicated. Find something you can rely on, pound it in there, and wear it out. Uh, you've got to find something that you can set everything else up to. And so uh, that's what BYU has to be able to accomplish is something that they can rely on in the run game that's going to get them four yards. Next question coming from Tommy. And you touched, touched on this last segment. After walk, watching Bo Hodge struggle against Wisconsin, do you expect Ty Detmer to simplify the offense for Hodge? Uh, simplify, I think that the repetition of what they're doing has to, I think in practice this last week, they just had to go through repetition, repetition, repetition. And if it's a simple uh, off-tackle power play, that's what they had to get in order to make sure they have a, game, a one play that they can just rely on. And so uh, simplify, uh, I think that... Uh, He's got it pretty simple. It's just that uh, it hasn't been, uh, the execution is not yet at where it needs to be. Alma asked this question, following with the focus on the offensive struggles over the first four weeks of the season, what can the defense do to help support the offense? Boy, that, that's a, see, there's an area that I, I think that uh, we are overlooking is that the, the past defense has really struggled. They've got to get people off the field. You've got, uh, I was just, uh, it was pretty impossible to believe that the last game against Wisconsin when uh, BYU took a penalty and moved them back 10 yards and it was uh, third and uh, 18, third and goal from the 18-yard line. And I apparently fans were saying, oh, no, no, they're going to complete a pass for a touchdown. Leave it at the four-yard line and let them kick a field goal. <laughs> On fourth down, so uh, that was what happened. They completed a pass for a touchdown. The defense has got to help get better field position for the offense. They've got to create some turnovers, interceptions. They just have to uh, be contributors. Last year, that was such an enormous part of BYU's game. And Kalani doesn't care how you get more points if it's the offense or defense. They just have to get more points to be able to win games. 
So the defense can help by getting them off the field, stopping those long drives that all of those teams have been able to manufacture and be able to give BYU's offense shorter fields to be able to get points. Well, you mentioned it. A lot of talk early about the defense spending a lot of time on the field with the focus on the offense, not sustaining drives. The defense not getting off the field, giving up uh, third down conversions on 42% of chances. That's 96th nationally, Mark. Yeah, that's not good. See, you would like, you would really like to be 42% successful on third down. That would be good for you. Last question for you. This is from Harrison, who asks, quite simply, is this a must-win game for BYU? Really important. You know, I, I hate to go with the must win because uh, every week is another opportunity. Uh, you just get another chance every week, and, and uh, every week could be the week that it, everything turns your way and uh, you get things going. But this is extremely important because of uh, the commitment the team's made this week in practice that this is the week we're going to get it done. They recognize, they know that Utah State isn't Wisconsin. And uh, so if they can go out and uh, perform well today and be able to be pleased with their performance and end up with a win, I think that's going to help them immensely in uh, facing Boise State next week. When we come back, it's the Shep Talk conversation with BYU QB Bo Hodge. The Cougar Countdown show continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Countdown Show. Up to the goal line, into the end zone, touchdown Cougars. Squally has a gap, Squally into the end zone, oh Canada. This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. Ben Bagley and Mark Lyons with you tonight. The Cougars take on the Utah State Aggies in Logan. This week's Shep Talk conversation is with BYU QB Bo Hodge, who's expected to get his second start of the season as a BYU Cougar. Here's that conversation. So take me through the bye week. How beneficial was it for you personally? Um, it was really beneficial. I had a lot of extra time, you know, kind of oh, maybe overanalyzing <laughs> the Wisconsin game a little bit. But um, it was really good. Got to zone in on, on the little details of the game. Um, and then obviously health-wise, uh, I got to heal up if it really good um, if I'm needed this week. Do you have to fight against that? You mentioned overanalyzing. Do you have to fight against that sometimes to not get too down on yourself by overanalyzing everything? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I don't look at social media or anything, so I don't see any comments from people. But, like, I, I have my own comments on my, my own game, and they're probably a little harsher than, than anybody else. Um, so, yeah, it's at times I think I can be a little overcritical of myself. But, you know, like you said, there's um, there's still positives to take away from it. What was your critique from your first start? You know, obviously the first drive was kind of a nerves thing. Obviously you don't want to start the game with an interception or things like that. But uh, overall I, th- I felt okay about it, honestly. Uh, a couple a couple dumb dumb plays here and there. You know, obviously the interceptions. Uh, the second one I kind of hung inside on a, on a comeback route on the outside. But uh, other than that, I felt pretty good about it. Um, you know, that last play, I was just I was trying to do too much, trying to make a play happen, down 38-6. But stuff like that, I, I feel like there's there's enough good to take away from it to, to have good momentum going into more games if I if I need to be uh, the guy. 
after the Wisconsin game, people would ask me, so what did, what did you think about Bo? And the one thing that I, I would tell everybody is I was really impressed. And one of the things that really impressed me about what you did, you didn't look rattled. The, the, the moment didn't seem too big for you. I kind of get the impression that you kind of like those moments and, and those opportunities that others may somewhat shy away from. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't like to comment on myself or anything too much, but... That has one, been one thing, you know, kind of family and friends always kind of say about me is I'm not, I don't get too excited either. So uh, when good things happen, people kind of ask me if like, hey, do you even care? And it's like, well, yeah, of course I care. But you know, I try not to get too high or too low, you know, either way. A lot of talk about the, the player run meeting uh, last week. I guess, first of all, how needed do you think that was and how helpful was it after it took place? Uh, I think it was, it's very needed, obviously, you know, starting season one and three, that's not what we were trying to do. Um, and it's good to see, you know, leaders of the team get up there and talk. And then also we had some guys step up that you would have never expected to get up and say some words to the team. And uh, it was super helpful to, to kind of see um, the different perspectives of the team. And some guys kind of talked about their backstories. And it's it's interesting. Uh, and it makes you appreciate your teammates a lot more. It kind of, kind of just strengthens that brotherhood and bond that we have. And I feel like that's that's really important going forward. It's funny you bring up backstory because I was going to ask you this. And even though you've been here for three years, mm-hmm. we haven't had a, a lot of opportunities to talk to you. Yeah. So a lot of people may not necessarily know a lot about you and your story. Obviously know who your dad is and, and that part. Mm-hmm. But tell your story and how you came to BYU. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. My in high school, I didn't play quarterback until my senior year. I played. I wanted to play varsity football, obviously, and our, our coach in high school was a big – he liked the senior quarterback to play, so that's what we did. And I, was, I wanted to play varsity football, so I was like, well, I'll, I'll go play receiver then. I'm, I'm athletic enough. Um, for me, I try not to put goals out there too far ahead. So for me, the goals were always based on the next season of football. Um, didn't start thinking about college football necessarily until my senior year or going into my senior year when I was playing quarterback. And I uh, – I wanted to come to BYU, obviously being Mormon, you know, I wanted to be around, you know, s- similar religious beliefs and things of that nature. So I came out to a junior day here. That was kind of how I got on the radar. Um, this is when Coach Beck and Bronco and his staff were here, obviously. And it was kind of week to week how I played my senior year. So that was one of the most stressful times for me because I wanted to come here really bad. But uh, so each week I was putting a bunch of pressure on myself to play really well. And, you know, it just kind of kind of all fell into place, worked out, and I'm, I'm glad I'm here. All right, so the bye week has taken place. Mm-hmm. Um, from an offensive standpoint, how much better do you guys expect to be with an extra week of preparation? Obviously, you know, our past performances haven't, haven't been great, so we expect to improve a lot this week. Um, we hope to improve a lot this week. Like you said, that extra time has given us a whole – obviously we, we didn't practice, you know, full practices during the bye week, but it gave us time to really go in um, – kind of as units and groups and watch film together and kind of analyze you know what we need to do this week in order to execute and put up points in-state games are always tricky i mean you've got you know close proximity and players know everybody and Mm -hmm. it's a usually a yearly game what are your thoughts on taking on utah state and traveling to logan to do it i I went my freshman year and they're they're a tough crowd they're obviously their team's very well coached they're a very tough team um you know, our job is, is to not necessarily focus on them too much. It's kind of just to focus on ourselves and execute our techniques in order to, you know, play well with the game plan Coach Detmer lays out for us. Is Dad traveling around with you to see your games right now? Is, is he going to be up in, in, in Logan? Yeah, so he, he's actually been at every game this year. Oh, he has? Yeah, he's been at every game. Uh, so he's been able to work that out. So it's been really nice just to 
kind of have his his voice after the games and see what he has to say. You know, I heard you talking when we were talking with the general media. You were talking about how after the Wisconsin game, it wasn't Dad the ESPN analyst. It, mm-hmm. it was it was Dad the dad. Exactly. How helpful is that? That after a game, even though everything he's done, he's just your dad afterwards. Yeah. No. Obviously, that's that's all I could ever ask for. He's there to just support me. Um, and like I was talking about earlier, I'm I'm a little overcritical of myself, so I come out there. I'm like, oh, here's what I did wrong. All these things and. He's the optimist. Hey, well, look at this. You did X, Y, and Z all right. So um, he brings a lot of good balance into my life. <laughs> what would a win on Friday mean to this team right now? I think it would mean a lot. It just it gets the ball rolling in the right direction. Honestly, one and three, it's it's crucial for us to get a win this week. Um, we're going to do everything that we can to get a win. All right, wrapping things up with the final four. These are the personality questions. Okay. So you don't have to worry about football questions anymore, okay? Perfect. All right, if you could only eat one cereal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, I'll do Cookie Crisp. Good choice. Any particular? Is that like? I mean, is that your go-to when it's time to eat cereal? Not necessarily. I eat um, Honey Bunches of Oats a lot, just because I know it's it's not too sugary. So I'm like, I'll just eat this. It's it's okay. That's probably my go-to. But Cookie Crisp tastes the best to me. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. All right, Uh, who is your favorite Disney character? Ooh, dang. I'll say Hercules. Okay. All right. Haven't had that one. Okay. Uh, when they make your life story into a movie, which actor do you want to play you? Um, I'll go Zac Efron. Okay. I, don't know. Right. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad one. That's not a bad one. And the last one, what is the best part about playing football for BYU? Honestly, the best part is just being around all the guys. The best part about this whole experience has been the friendships and bonds that I've, I've created. Um, and obviously there's more to come. So that for sure has hands down been the best part. Bo, great stuff, man. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Good luck on Friday. Yeah, thank you. There you go. Bo Hodge with Jason Shepard for this week's edition of Shep Talk. Coming up next, we'll look ahead to the Cougar pregame live show, and we'll visit with the voice, Greg Rebell. The Cougar Countdown show continues after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned in to BYU football. In the end zone, it is caught! It's caught for a touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Countdown Show. I'm Ben Bagley, joined by Mark Lyons. Coming up on the Cougar pregame live show, Nate Mickle will join me for Nate's Notes, and you'll hear from Aggie head coach Matt Wells. That's coming up on Cougar pregame live. It's now time to visit with The Voice. Sponsored by Harper's Homemade Bread. All natural, homemade fresh, homemade good. Joining us is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell. Greg, as always, you join us just after talking to BYU head coach Kalani Satake. First, what is the mood in the locker room right now? And second, what did Coach Satake have to say? Well, uh, one of the things that came up was the little pregame dust-up we had uh, down on the field about an hour ago or so. Uh, and, and really, uh, I guess you could, you could accurately portray it as... Uh, Utah State's players kind of encroached on BYU's workout area, and uh, some words were exchanged. The coaches got out there, and things were broken up before there was any physical contact. But there was enough uh, talking back and forth going on and pointing of fingers and posturing that it was a thing for about a minute or two on the field. 
And uh, Coach Satake said he, he thought, you know, that might be a good thing for our guys. Wake us up a little bit, you know. And he said if there was any doubt about what this game means, there's no longer any doubt. And uh, so he'll talk about that during our pregame conversation, just what that whole situation meant to him and maybe his guys. And, again, who knows how it plays into what happens when we start snapping the ball here tonight. But uh, it, it was something that uh, uh, caused a bit of a commotion, and uh, Coach's uh, impression was uh, maybe a good thing in the end. Those things have happened before in pre-Utah games. But I don't recall anything like that in a Utah State game. So, uh, yeah, I think that does generate a little bit more of uh, intensity as you get ready to start this game. Of course, what helps is that uh, he and Matt Wells are both really good friends and we're both uh, committed to making sure nothing really ugly happened out there. And so uh, both coaches were uh, involved in in making sure that uh, nothing progressed. And then he and Matt had a nice long conversation after it out at uh, field level. And, uh, and, and as he'll tell us as, as well in our pregame conversation, Ben, uh, their paths have crossed over many, many, many years. There's a lot of mutual respect uh, between him and, uh, and Coach Satake, Coach Wells, Coach Satake, and really a lot of uh, both sides of the staff, whether it's yeah, guys right. like uh, Fahu Tahi or Wani Unga or others who, yeah. or, you know, even other BYU players who now play for Utah State. Uh, there's a lot of respect going both ways, and, uh, and, and so I think ultimately it was an element of the buildup, uh, but not certainly the overriding story heading into tonight. Yeah, Did he say anybody? The coaches, the coaches oh. do a good job diffusing that situation with all the relationships between the two staffs. Right. Did he say uh, anybody's back? Did he say anybody's out? You so Bohaj will be starting at quarterback, and uh, you won't see a Tevita Mounga on the uh, D-line for BYU. Uh, he has been injured, and... Uh, Coach may have more to say about that either after the game or next week, but uh, don't, don't look to see a big Tavita out there. But that said, the Kairos Tonga is really coming along. He and is. I think uh, shows a great deal of potential at, at, uh, at interior line. And he'll be uh, asked to carry a little, little larger load tonight uh, with, uh, with uh, Tavita Mounga out. But the coach brought up the fact that the solo Wolfgram will maybe play a little bigger role. And Lorenzo Fawatea is now back after being injured for the first three games of the season. So a couple of names to keep in mind on the D-line that way. But other than that, uh, it was a good week for the guys to have off to let some uh, bumps and bruises heal. And some guys who were a little dinged up heading into the Wisconsin game get readier to play against Utah State. Greg, you and I have talked a couple of times this week about the defense and the little thing called havoc rate, one of your favorite stats out there. I get a feeling the defense is ready to create some havoc tonight and talking to a couple of guys over the week. Why or why will that not be the case tonight for BYU? Well, I think it will be the case because uh, Utah State has has had an issue with ball security here in the first four games. They've taken it away a good number of times, but they've given it away as many times. And so uh, they've had an issue uh, with uh, Kent Myers primarily uh, throwing more picks than he has TDs. Uh, Utah State has been a team that you can take it away from, uh, and at least they've shown that to be the case in the first four games. And so for a BYU team, Ben, that has only three takeaways in four games, when you consider that Coach Tuiaki wants three takeaways per game, that's a lofty goal, but BYU was at two and a half last year per game. I mean, they were second nationally in takeaways just last season, so that's what helped BYU get to 9-4 and four, uh, last year. One of the main reasons helping me get to 9-4, and four, that uh, I think has to be a factor tonight. Uh, can they find easier going on both sides of the line? You've just played three top 25 teams and three teams really well known for their defensive and offensive lines. Will they find the going a little easier tonight and as a result be a little more disruptive against Kent Myers and Jordan Love? And both guys will play tonight for Utah State. And it's interesting that in the last five games, the team that has won the turnover battle has also won the game. So uh, that's something that you is kind of an odd situation. But uh, 
Coming to you. Oh, go ahead. And, and on top of that, uh, every game that BYU and Utah State have played this season has been won by the team that had the better average starting field position. And a lot of things go into that number, but special teams is a part of it. And the Utah State special teams have been excellent this year. Whether it's place kicking, uh, they blocked three punts. Yeah. They have a nice way of pooching uh, on kickoffs and recovering them. There's a lot of things they do really, really well. And BYU special teams are just okay right now. So if you want to have the edge in ASFP, average starting field position, being great in the special teams is a good way to get there, and the Aggies have been very, very good uh, in that aspect. Mark, you were saying. Oh, I was going to say that uh, since these teams played every year, and uh, there's been many trips that people have made to Utah State, this isn't like an away game, even though this is just uh, their second, Utah State's second home game. Yeah, they, they've been on the road for three of four, right? They've had to play at Wisconsin, at Wake Forest, at San Jose State. This is first of a three-game homestand, and BYU's already done with half of its home season. Yeah, that's right. The Cougars have already played three of their six home games, and they're sitting at one and three. So if BYU's going to get well and make it to a bowl game, they're going to have to do so by winning a lot of road games. Whether or not those are the toughest teams in the world, they have to do it now away from home. And Utah State's saying, this is a great way to, you know, for us to get this homestand rolling. And I don't think it's as big a game for Utah State as it is for BYU, simply because it's not a league not a game for Utah yeah. State. They've got ways to get things done back in their league where they're 1-0 right now. And BYU's all about counting down to that 7-6 and record if they can get there. And this is a big part of it. You lose tonight, it gets really tough uh, you know, to get back to 7-6. and six. And so uh, I, I think it's, it's big for BYU, perhaps arguably bigger for BYU than Utah State right now, depending on uh, considering all that's on the line right now. Greg, we'll talk more to you and Mark coming up in the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show in about a half an hour from now. And that's going to wrap it, the things up to the Cougar Countdown Show. Coming up next, it's the Cougar pregame live show. You're listening to the new skin BYU Sports Network. You're tuned into BYU football on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with Cougar pregame live. He's going to go! Cougar Pre-Game Live is brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into Cougar Pre-Game Live. My name is Ben Bagley, filling in for Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the Utah State Aggies. Coming up, we will hear from Aggies head coach Matt Wells. We'll also get some of your reaction keys to the game. You can tweet your comments to me at Ben Bags on Twitter. Plus, we'll check the scoreboard, among other things. But first, it's time for Nate's Notes. Brought to you by Nissan, proud supporter of college athletics. Learn more at choosenissan.com. Former Cougar and current sideline reporter Nate Mickle joins me right now. Nate, take us back just a couple years ago when you were a part of this game. What is the emotion like in a BYU-Utah State rivalry? We've already seen some of that emotion pregame already. All right. Right. You know, truthfully, when I played in this game, it wasn't much of a rivalry back then. Uh, BYU had a pretty good edge. Uh, so the last time I played Utah State, 2006, BYU had won seven in a row. Uh, we played them at home, had a backup quarterback, a dang good backup quarterback in Jason Beck, quarterback coach at University of Virginia, and uh, beat Utah State 38 nothing. Um, won the next two. And then it was finally, let's see, it was 2010 when Utah State really uh, crushed BYU here at home. <clears throat> And that kind of turned it a little bit and uh, got the win again in 2014. So just in the last uh, few years, Utah State's picked up a couple wins. Uh, But it's fun to be back here in Logan 
you know, I, I love independence. I love going to all these stadiums all across the country. Uh, but it's fun to come back to a place with some memories. So just coming here and thinking about Austin Colley streaking down the west sideline, 76 yards in 2008. You had the Kyle Van Noy pick six to start the game in 2013. And, and the last time we were here in the cold, Tomasi Laulile picking up the fumble, running it in. Tanner throwing bombs. Uh, so it's fun to be back here in an environment where we've got some memories. And like I said, Utah State's got a couple in the last few, and it's going to be a tough one tonight. In the first hour and a half of the program, both yourself, Mark Lyons, and myself have all shared the memory of the cold last time the BYU Cougars <laughs> were up in Logan. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I look, I can see right there where the uh, little uh, stand was, where we, uh, <laughs> unlike anything I've ever had in my whole life, doing radio from a concession stand. From a Pepsi booth. Yeah. Uh, lots of focus on the offensive struggles for this BYU team early in the season, but the defense also struggling in three key stat categories. Sacks, they've only had one since Portland State. Takeaways, only three on the season. That ranks them 103rd nationally. And third down percentage, giving up 42% of their third down uh, tries to the offense. That ranks them 96 nationally. What does the defense need to do to do better tonight? Yeah, so you, you mentioned those stats, and, and those are not good. And here's the stat that has me the most concerned. You look, you look at the completion percentages against the quarterbacks, or against the teams BYU have played, the D1, or excuse me, the FBS teams. So you've got 15 uh, out of 18. That's what LSU did through the air. Uh, 28 out of 37. That's what Utah did. And then 18 for 19 is what Wisconsin did. That's 61 to 74. For those of you that are good at math, like Mark Lyons, 82% completion percentage. I mean, that's unbelievable. So BYU really has to take care of the middle of the field. That's where they've been weak all season. And I'm looking for a guy like Taki Taki to step up and make some plays. We called Sione's name a lot in game one when he had three tackles for loss, a couple sacks. I'm looking for Sione and those linebackers to step up tonight. In, is this game uh, BYU... They're, they're trying to establish that run game, and, and I think one of the important keys to this game is to get the run game established. To do that, you've got to get an early lead. But is this the game that BYU fans finally get to see what Ulu Tulatau can do as a truly featured back in the BYU offense? Yeah, Ula's had some nice moments against Utah. He was really the catalyst of that first touchdown drive. He averaged uh, four and a half yards against Wisconsin last week. Look, you've got some offensive linemen that can move the pile in. Tijon and Tooney. Uh, I think tonight is the night that BYU really has to establish the run. Utah State's rush defense is only 99th in the country. Uh, and even, you know, you look at guys like Squally and Kavika, those guys are both around four and a half, five yards of carry, so not too bad. So uh, whether it's Ula, Squally, or Kavika, I think BYU you does need to be in that 150 yards uh, rushing, maybe 200 tonight to get the win. What is BYU, other than rushing, and you talked about the defense, one other key that you, you're looking at, Nate, to, for BYU to do well tonight to ensure victory? Yeah, I think uh, Greg just mentioned it too, as I've been thinking about it, it's, it's turnovers. That was such a huge part of BYU's uh, win streak last year with guys like Kai and Francis and Harvey creating turnovers. So I'm looking for guys like Fred, Butch, and Matt to start making plays. Nate Mickle joining us right now for Nate's uh, notes from Logan as BYU gets ready for Utah State. And one final question for you, Nate. Same question Mark Lyons got from a fan earlier. Is this a must-win game for the BYU Cougars? You know, if they want to go to a bowl game, this is a big one for BYU. Like Greg said, you know, Utah State has the conference affiliation right now uh, for BYU. This is a huge game for them to get to a bowl game, and 
and especially for the, you know, the psychology and the momentum of the team, the guys are really counting on getting this one to get the ship right for the rest of the season. Nate, thanks for joining us. Looking forward to your reports on the sideline and talking to you more in the postgame show. All right, thanks, man. On the other side, Jason Shepard sits down with the Utah State head coach, Matt Wells. That's next on the Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live. Stops for the end zone. Hit me! Touchdown, Cougars! At the far sideline! This is the new stand BYU Sports Network. Ben Bagley with you. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. We're getting you ready for BYU and Utah State. Earlier this week, Jason Shepard talked with the head coach of the Aggies, Matt Wells. Here's that conversation. All right, Coach, you guys coming off a pretty convincing win last week. What's been the vibe with this team with a nice victory? And then on top of that, BYU coming to the Cash Valley. Well, there's a there is a good vibe and there's some good mojo and, and winning a game and and uh playing very well in all three phases. We'll do that for a team. Um and it's so for us it's it's the same thing on Monday, block out all the noise block out all the distractions and those distractions are just a little bit different this week and for us it's the BYU hype rivalry for Utah State anyways um, and then it's all the pats on the back that those kids are going to get up on campus and and all that kind of stuff and that, that is a distraction and so we got to you know, kind of grow up as a team, learn how to win a good game on the road in the Mountain West and start out 1-0 and and we have to learn how to go back to preparing and practicing and and getting ready for the next game isn't it funny coach how you know you're talking about you know blocking out the noise the distractions it's it's just as harmful to buy into the positive stuff that people say as it is to buying into the negative stuff it's it's funny how that works well even though it's positive to me it has a um, just as detrimental effect on a kid that's 18 to 23 or 24 25 however old some of my guys are it has the same effect because it it permeates inside of you and you start thinking you are a whole lot better than you really are and that you don't need to prepare the same way and that you don't need to um, invest in time in lifting and sleeping and eating right and getting all your schoolwork done early in the week and all those kind of things. Um, and so we are not there yet in terms of an experienced bunch so I think that's got to be a big message that I have to try to send early in the week to this team. What does it mean to the Aggies in this football program to have these in-state games, not to mention having it in your stadium? Yeah, I, well, I can't speak for BYU, but for Utah State, this is a huge rivalry for us. Um, it's um, for the wagon wheel, and it is, um, you know, you're playing for something, and you're playing for pride, and you're playing for state pride, and and um, for our guys, our fans, our alumni, um, which I am one, um, it is a big, big game for us. I'll preface this question by saying, if you can figure out how to do this, if you can bottle it up and sell it, I know just about every college football coach would probably buy it. You'd make a small fortune. But looking at the offense, first week, 10 points, then 51, 10, 61, obviously a little up and down, peaks and valleys. Is it safe to say that finding that consistency offensively has been something you guys are working towards? Yeah, um, you want to be consistent. It's all about 
getting a first down for us. Um, we want to play with pace. We want to. We have to get that first first down, and um, really get the offense rolling. And I think that that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, converting on third downs keeps you on the field, uh, which will give you those amount of plays. Um, and that's what we want to do. We want to play a lot of plays. We want to play with pace and um, try to be very aggressive uh, with the down the field throws. Talking with Matt Wells here on Cougar Pregame Live. The BYU offense still trying to put it all together. What do you see when you look at the offensive side of this BYU team? Well, first of all, I see a team that's gone against, you know, like I said in the previous interview, three three teams that the front seven is legit. I mean, that's a Dave Aranda coach defense, a Kyle Whittingham coach defense, you know, and then last week, you know, playing uh, Wisconsin or, you know, the week before, before bye week for them, um, the Badgers, and we saw them firsthand, and I think the Badgers will be a team that contends for the Big Ten title. That's the biggest thing, as you see, is um, a team playing, you know, an extremely talented uh, front seven um, on for those three games, and I'm not sure that that may not be the front best defenses they'll see all year on their schedule. One of the topics of discussion this week uh, from the BYU side of things was a was a player meeting that they had after losing to Wisconsin. It's my understanding uh, that you guys had something similar after the loss to Wake Forest. So from a coaching perspective, what can those types of things do, those types of meetings where the players kind of take it upon themselves, what can that do for a program? Well, I, I can't speak on behalf of BYU I'm not real sure you know probably what went on in that meeting or the demeanor or uh, things that were said or wasn't said I don't have any idea but I think when um, here's what I think I think a coach-led team can be a really good team and I think a player-led team can be a great team and you can have a great season and you can have special seasons. And the, those ones that I've been around as a player and as a coach, assistant coach, and then even as a head coach, when you, we've had great seasons, special seasons. They've been player-led. And those players have to back it up by their performance. And then they've got to lead. Um, coaches are always going to lead, but if they're the only ones leading, then you'll only go as far as your talent will take you. And in football – um, to me, that's uh, football's a different sport. Football, there is emotion involved. It is an emotional game. Um, it's a game that your mojo and your confidence continue to build or it continues to decline based on how you play um, on Saturday and the outcome. And so that's why this sport, uh, man, every, anybody can win every week. That's, I think that's why you see so much of that in college football. Coach, I've been pretty impressed with some of your defensive playmakers. Where are you guys, from a defensive perspective, where are you guys right now versus maybe where you would like to be after four games? Well, uh, hopefully we're not where we're going to be in the next four games. Uh, hopefully we continue to improve and keep making strides. I think we've got to just continue to learn our roles within the defense. Um, do your job. Don't do somebody else's job. We've got guys trying to do other guys' jobs too much a few weeks ago, and um, it ends up spilling over in, into uh, explosives and guys getting out of their gap and guys not have their eye control, their eye discipline is not right, 
eye controls out of whack in the secondary. All those kind of things make for a poor, poor performance on defense. And it comes down to knowing your role, doing your job, and, and putting your eyes um, in the right spot. Before I let you go, what are the matchups that you look at as crucial coming up Friday night? Oh, man. Uh, I'm not. You're not going to pin me down on that one. Um, I, I, I think um, that the O-line, the D-line, I think the front seven on both sides of the ball is going to be a major, major part of the game. Um, who can run the ball and who can't run the ball? Who can stop the run and who can't stop the run? And as simple as that sounds – Okay, there's so much more that plays off of that. Uh, is a team in third and short and medium and that's manageable? Or if they can't run the ball, they're behind the chains and they're in third and long all day, I think that'll make a, a big difference in the game. What kind of atmosphere do you expect Friday? That place is going to be crazy, isn't it? It'll be lit. Yeah, there'll be uh, 4,000 students, uh, every student ticket sold, and hopefully some of those students can spill over into the general admission. But it'll be... Um, It'll be it'll be loud. It'll be electric. You know, uh, stands are right on top of you as a player and as a coach. And I think it's a great atmosphere. He's the head coach of the Utah State Aggies. He's Matt Wells. Coach, appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Okay, thanks for having me on. When we come back, we'll look at some of the other action in college sports, plus some of your Twitter reaction and predictions of the game. You can tweet at me, at Ben Bags. Comments before the game, halftime and post-game right there, at Ben Bags on Twitter. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Football. Step up, a takeoff, a shakeoff, and into the end zone! This is Cougar Pregame Live. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. I'm Ben Bagley, filling in for Jason Shepard. Let's get you caught up on some of the scores going on in college football today. It's a Friday, which means pretty light day today in college football. Only three other games that will kick off tonight with BYU-Utah State being the fourth game on the docket. One, a matchup of top 25 Pac-12 teams as at 8.30 Mountain, 10.30 Eastern. Number five, USC kicks off and faces 16th-ranked Washington State. Another top 25 game underway right now, 14th-ranked Miami and Duke tied up at zero apiece in the first quarter. Nebraska and Illinois will kick off later. Two games tomorrow on the top 25 docket featuring head-to-head matchups of top 25 teams. Number two, Clemson will take on West or Virginia Tech, 12th-ranked Virginia Tech, 6 p.m. Mountain on ABC. And 24th-ranked Mississippi State, who BYU will face in two weeks, they travel to Auburn to take on 13th-ranked Auburn. That game's at 4 p.m. Mountain on ESPN. Tonight, BYU soccer in WCC action at Southfield here in Provo. They face the San Diego Toreros. We'll have updates throughout the night on that as well. A programming note, tune in tomorrow on BYU TV and right here on BYU Radio for a special BYU Sports Nation at 9 a.m. Mountain, 11 Eastern, as Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan will recap tonight's game. Now, taking a look at BYU's to-do list and keys to victory for BYU over Utah State. Three keys for you here. The first one is establishing the run. We talked about it in the pregame with Mark Lyons and Greg Rubel. Expect to see this BYU offensive line be able to open some holes for Ula Tulatau and hopefully, at that point, establish a run game for BYU. In fact, going to Twitter, 
Steve Carter tweets in at Ben Bags and says the USU offensive line has two guys that didn't break the two deep at BYU. Look for BYU D-line to have a big night going the other side of the ball. We'll get to that key in just a minute. One of the other keys I have is get ahead and stay ahead. BYU hasn't led in a game since Portland State. In the three other games against FBS schools, BYU's never had the lead, thus taking the run game off the table, forcing BYU quarterbacks to throw the ball more. Get a run game established by getting ahead. Also, the final key, pressure and contain the quarterback. The defensive line, we heard Scott Gerard, the voice of the Aggie, saying Kent Myers less comfortable in the pocket. Just to keep him in the pocket and get some pressure going through the middle. That's a wrap for Cougar Pregame Live. Remember, you can join me on Twitter at Ben Bags. I will share some of your comments at halftime and in the postgame show. Coming up next, it's the Zions Bank Cougar po- Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rebell and Kalani Sataki. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Tuned in to BYU football. He's gone! A 99-yard touchdown! On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to get Coach Kalani Sitake's thoughts on today's game. It's the Cougar Pre-Game Coaches Show, presented by Science Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. I grew up a big BYU fan. I got to play here, and now I'm the coach. I live every day with a lot of gratitude and just happy in the position that I'm in. Now, let's join Mark Lyons and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Maverick Stadium in Logan, Utah, as tonight the Cougars play their first true away game of this season by visiting the Utah State Aggies, 87th all-time meeting in a series that began 95 years ago. The Cougars lead this series by a comfy margin that has widened over the last few decades. BYU has won 30 of the last 35 get-togethers in this almost annual affair. I'm Greg Rubel. I'll have tonight's play-by-play call. Game analysis to be provided by my longtime broadcast partner and former BYU quarterback, the Arvada Flash, Mark Lyons. And uh, Mark, it's only the fifth of 13 regular season games, right? But I think tonight's game is massive for BYU. The Cougars need to get a positive result after three straight losses. If they were to drop to one and four, bowl eligibility now becomes a much more tenuous proposition. At two and three, the ship can be somewhat steady to heading back home next week. From a BYU standpoint, it's as big a game as this series has seen in a while, I think. Well, I'm with you, Greg. It's really important for BYU to get a win tonight. You know, here's what winning does for you. Number one, uh, it'll change the mood and attitude of the team. Uh, a win does that for you. You're only as good as the last game you played, and BYU is still biting that sour lemon. And so uh, they they win a game, all of a sudden everything's good again. And it's just to win. You know, Coach Sataki has said many times, we just have to win. Not an offensive thing. It's not a defensive thing. It's not a special teams thing. He wants to end up with more points than the opponent at the end they got to have a victory. That's it's what a team thing. For. It's a team thing. It's a, yeah, that's it. So uh, you've got to take games one at, And I'm the worst at uh, taking games one at a time. I do that. But I can't believe I'm looking forward. But uh, <laughs> with Boise State and Mississippi State ahead, man, that creates – if you were not to win this football game, all of a sudden you're looking at the possibility of being one and six. And, and that's not a good place to be. Mark's not, Mark's not looking ahead. Not not. Look, there's still, you know, 
there, not there, there, there are two ahead. games to play after tonight that, that, that we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't, in them, and I take yeah. them one at a time, and that's why I can't believe I just said that. Wow. But I do think it's surprising that BYU's had so much trouble. I just uh, am surprised that they have such a hard time running the football. And, uh, you know, they've played quality teams. Utah State's got it rolling last week by spanking the Spartans 61-10. to Man alive. This is a team not ranked in the top 25, but BYU has to improve their run game and their secondary play to get some confidence. And it takes a personal, that's how you do it. It takes personal commitment. And players uh, have asked each person to pick up their effort. Lou Holtz has said, and I've done a lot of Lou Holtz already tonight, Greg, I know. Life's a matter of making choices. Whether you're good or bad, it's because of the choices that you've made. Don't blame anybody else. When we talk about commitment to excellence, that's a choice you make. It's a choice you make. And tonight, I'm looking to see if that commitment they've chosen to make is going to make a difference. And by the way, Greg, what a Greg, my boy. What a great day for a football game. Coming up next, my pregame conversation with BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Logan on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. Rushing into the end zone for a score. There it is. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. It's BYU and Utah State coming up top of the hour. BYU 1-3 and three on the year and on three straight losses. All the top 25 teams. The Cougars were on a bye last week. The Ags 2-2 two and two on the season after going loss-win, loss-win in their first four games. Last week's outing was a resounding 61-10 shellacking of San Jose State in the Bay Area. The Cougars coming into tonight's game with the lowest scoring offense in the FBS right now and with a backup quarterback getting his second straight start. Head coach Kalani Satake now on what he hopes to get from Bo Hodge in the offense with Tanner Mangum still on the mend. Well, I think he's more comfortable and, and we had you know a couple weeks for, for for him to practice our our plays and you know when, when Tanner had a lot of the plays the, the backup doesn't get as many and so now that he's uh, getting the bulk of the reps I think that that'll only help him you know and um, we're trying to work to, towards the strengths and work towards stuff that's that's more comfortable for him in the past game and uh, I think I think we have a good plan I like what coach Detmer has planned for this game and and we'll go with it. But I, I have a lot of confidence in him. And, you know, Coy's done some good things as a backup quarterback in practice as well. How much has this two-week span of time been just good for the team to kind of reset, resettle? I think it's just good for everyone, whether you're a guy that's banged up that needs to heal up or if you're a guy that, that uh, needs a little bit more technique work or any guys that just need to get refocused. And um, uh, I think overall it was good for the whole program, uh, coaching staff and, and players and uh, everyone involved. And so... I thought we, we had a plan to cover everyone and, 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 and um, allow everyone to get better. And then this last week really showed in practice, and so I'm really looking forward to the game. Okay. Uh, Personnel-wise, how are you shaping up on offense? Pretty much steady as she goes? Yeah, I mean, we got all our, our O-linemen that are there, uh, specifically with the three seniors in the middle, and, and lean on them. We, you know, we feel good about that group, and um, they, they're starting to really gel as a, as a, as a unit right now, and uh, there's a lot of good young, young O-linemen behind them. So we, we feel good in the depth of our O-line. How about defensively right now? How are you stacking up? Um, well, you know, we'll be without Tevita Moonga tonight, but um, I think it's a good time for Kyrus and Handsome and Kesney and Metti and all those guys to step up, you know, and uh, also be able to see Lorenzo Faltel, who's been banged up all year long, is now 
uh, ready to go and then give us more looks and you know um, solo uh, Wolfgram will give us some looks there too so there's still a lot of names and it, it, you just don't like missing a guy but I think we'll be okay even though you got banged up a little bit how much do you think that these three back-to-back-to-back ranked teams kind of prepared you for what's to come especially uh, up front well it's a real gut shot to you you know and then and, and, um, you have two choices either the group together and band together as brothers or, or, or separate, um, be divided and, uh, from what we've seen and what our players have responded with a, with a form of unity uh, it's been really pleasing for me as a head coach and a lot of ownership and leadership is taking over right now and, and um, so that's that's a huge benefit from the tough games but I know there's a lot of um, urgency and a lot of guys on this team really want to play as good as they can and and uh, put everything that we have in practice into the game. As you've scouted Utah State, what really jumps out at you among things they do really well that you'll have to uh, uh, be at your best against? Well, on offense, they, they spread the ball around pretty well and they, they keep you guessing. There's a lot of misdirection, you know, so our guys are going to have to be really assignment sound and uh, defensively, they, brought, they bring a lot of different ways of, of pressuring you with, with pressure package, so uh, Bo's going to have to really be alert on when to make checks and then our our O-line is going to have to adjust to a lot of the slant moves that they do and um, they're, 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 they're quick and they, they, they are a very aggressive group and they're pretty solid on special teams. I think that's something that they've done that's helped them win games and so uh, they're going to test us in all three phases and we're looking forward to, to answering it. With their offense led by Kent Myers, a steady diet of RPOs. Yeah, yeah, and, and he, he does a good job, and I think he's another year that he's you know he's in the system. I I, I believe he's been around for a while, being a, a senior now, so uh, that that can only help him, you know. Um, so I, you know, we we've seen him around. We played against him last year, but I think it'd be more important for us to just focus on our assignment individually, and then that'll benefit the team and benefit the defense, and we'll be able to create some big plays. They plan to bring in their backup quarterback for a series or two already before the game begins. Any any differences in in skill sets as you watch the number two and number ten? Well, I think I think Jordan's a, a bigger body guy, and, and I think he can run the ball a little bit more. So maybe they bring him for that. But he's also thrown the ball and and. Um, you know, regardless, I think they're they're very similar in a lot of things that they can do. So we can't really worry about personnel in this in this this game. Just more, more focused with our assignments. But they're, they have athletic quarterbacks that can move around, they can spin the ball, and then they have a good they do have a good scheme uh, with Yost being able to run what he's done at Washington State and Oregon, different places. I think he brings a lot of knowledge to the offensive side of the game. So uh, we, we we feel like we had a great week and we have a good um, game plan going in against them. When you see the players get together and do some pregame jawing, as happened here tonight, uh, what does that say about the uh, uh, the nature of this uh, this game and this rivalry? Well, I think our guys are are, um, are careful. You know, I I'm always going to defend our players, but I don't think it was anything. Our guys are just getting ready to warm up, and uh, you know, if if they're going to keep poking at us, they might have woken the beast. And so I hope that happens tonight. And and uh, but I think it was all just just a little bit of. You know, friendly rival talk. It, there wasn't any um, anything that I thought was out of the ordinary. Both myself and Coach Wells were out there, and we, uh, you know, both assistants on both sides kind of diffused the, the issue. So it's, it wasn't that big of a deal. But I thought it was good to wake our guys up a little bit and and know that where they're at and, and know that there's a game. So if guys were a little bit sleepwalking through it, uh, that definitely woke them up. You and Coach Wells are friends. Yes, definitely. And and we we go way back and. Uh, I'm just really impressed with what he's done as a head coach. I know it's his fifth year as a head coach, but uh, we've crossed over quite a bit um, playing each other, you know, whether he was at Louisville or Tulsa or, or here at Utah State or at New Mexico. We've been able to cross paths, and, uh, you know, here it is again. As a head coaches, we get to we get to go against each other, but it's really not about the coaches, about the players and 
I'm just really looking forward to those guys doing it. But my, my relationships with the coaches on that staff will always be there. Fahutahi's there, and, you know, Wani Unga's there too. So we have a lot of connections with them, and, and uh, just looking forward to this game and looking to have some fun. I'm looking forward to it too. Coach, best of luck against the Aggies. We'll talk to you afterward. All right, my man. Thank you. All right, that is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake and the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Our preview of BYU and USU continues after this break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kickoff. Touchdown! He does it again! Is just around the corner. You're tuned to the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show. Republic Wireless. Life is better when we're connected. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by your local Utah Honda dealers and by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast Booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening once again from Maverick Stadium in Logan, Utah, on the campus of Utah State University. Almost seven years since the Aggies last beat BYU on their home field. Back in 2010, BYU came in 1-3 and three and did fall to 1-4 and four after a 31-16 setback. A loss tonight would give the Cougars that same 1-4 and four mark seven years ago. BYU recovered from that 1-4 and four hole to make bowl game, win a bowl game, finish 7-6. and six. So win or lose tonight, I hope he's not lost. But clearly, uh, the margin for error is as it relates to postseason eligibility would narrow considerably without a win this evening. A big game for BYU, certainly. Greg Rubel here, joined in our brand-new broadcast booth here at Maverick Stadium by game analyst Mark Lyons, engineer Barry Squires, spotter Doug Martin, Statsman Ralph Sokolowski, and down on the field, former Cougar receiver, return man, and academic All-American, Nate Mickle. Nate reports from the Zion's Bank end zone. Zion's Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate joining us a little later on in our pregame show. Ben Bagley is our studio host, sitting in for Jason Shepard, who's got soccer duty tonight. Our board operator is Carter Malloy, and our broadcast intern is Tanner Wilkinson. You are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, coast-to-coast on satellite via BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143, locally on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM in Salt Lake City, along with our BYU Sports Network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. We are also global online at byuradio.org, byucougars.com, ksl.com, and on the BYU Cougars, the BYU Radio, the KSL Radio, and the TuneIn apps, however you are tuning us in. Great to have you along. Well, uh, BYU has a chance tonight to hit the reset button of sorts. The Cougars have completed a back-to-back-to-back stretch of games against three ranked teams with a combined record of 10-1. and They got banged up in the process. Then they got a bye week, which included a players-only meeting in which uh, frustrations were aired and aspirations restated. A spirited week of practice then followed. And that brings us to tonight here in Logan, where the Cougs can get back on track. But Mark, words and goals ultimately take a backseat to execution, which particularly on offense has been lacking as the Cougars have struggled to an F BS worst, 9.8 points yeah. per game through four games. BYU scored only 19 points total in three games against FBS competition. I'm sorry to say, I didn't see this kind of struggle coming, but now can BYU get it going, and what will it take to do so? Well, I know I've said it before, Greg, but uh, when you find you're a little bit behind, you've got to work harder each practice in order to catch up to where you need to be. Everyone's getting a little bit better every week. So if you're behind, you have to improve more than they do in order to catch up. So the first change that I think you make is uh, in the work effort. You have to change commitment. This week, uh, they came from team leaders asking everyone to pick it up. There's an old saying, Greg, that the harder I work, the luckier I get. 
When you work harder, then all of a sudden you make that tough catch. You make that interception or you recover that fumble. Hard work leads to better performance. So it comes down to committing to improve work attitude and the effort. Well, more of the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show is coming up after the break. After Mark's words of wisdom, stay in touch with nationwide smartphone coverage starting at 20 bucks a month. Republic Wireless, better coverage in more places for less money. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Football. BYU Football. 25-20, path into the end zone, 10-5. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Welcome back inside Maverick Stadium in Logan. Whiteout game for the Aggies. So the Cougars will be wearing a home game uniform combo tonight. Royal blue jerseys, white pants. The first of consecutive games against Mountain West Conference opponents for BYU. Cougs home to Boise next week. And on the season, they'll face six MWC programs. Games against San Jose, Fresno, UNLV, and Hawaii still to come. Speaking of schedule, lightening up a little bit tonight uh, after this LSU-Utah-Wisconsin in consecutive weeks span. It's been a, a pattern in this era of independence, though. BYU's heaviest lifting is always done in September. Since BYU went independent in 2011, the Cougars are 14 and 13, barely above 500 in September games. Then they're 32 and 12 in the October-November games. So, Mark, we're kind of used to BYU picking it up as the season goes along. That doesn't really erase the sting of the Cougars' offensive challenges so far. But there's a lot of season left to play, and BYU historically does bounce back after slower starts. Yeah, I agree, Greg, that uh, they've had these challenges in the past. But I do expect a better performance to come around, and it starts tonight. The worm has to turn. It just has to get going tonight. But I am going to talk about LSU. When we saw LSU, I thought they were great. They had a terrific running back. And then they go out the next week and lose to Mississippi State by 37-7. to Now, LSU beat BYU by 27. Then they lose by 30. Then the next week, I'm thinking Mississippi State is great, and they go out and get pounded by Georgia 31 to 3, they lose by 28. Can there be three levels of excellence? It's just crazy to think about. Well, time for a break as we head to break. A time for You Be the Judge, brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMineUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's football rules scenario the ball carrier is hit. And his forward progress stopped inbounds near the goal line at the sideline to his right. When he is stopped, he has the ball in his right hand extended beyond the goal line, either A, inside the pylon, or B, outside the pylon. What is the touchdown ruling in both instances? The answer next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Back in Logan for BYU and Utah State, seventh time in the last 11 meetings. This is the fifth game of the season for BYU. Often the fifth weekend comes on LDS General Conference weekend, and almost as often the Ags are BYU's conference weekend opponents, so here we are. Now uh, the UB the Judge brought to you by Legally Mind. Here is the rules scenario tonight. The ball carrier is hit, and his forward progress stopped inbounds near the goal line at the sideline to his right. When he is stopped, he has the ball in his right hand, extended beyond the goal line, either A, inside the pylon, or B, outside the pylon. What is the touchdown ruling in both instances? A, it's touchdown. The ball became dead when he extended it beyond the goal line plane. B, not a touchdown, because no part of his body touches either the pylon or the end zone. In this case, the goal line extended is not granted. You be the judge, presented by Legally Mine. Well, BYU's starting quarterback out. Top tight end target from last season is out. One of the top interior linemen 
defensively is now out. The starting safety missed last game, and so it goes. Injuries occur on every team, and you move on, but you don't do, to, do so successfully without a lot of depth, and the Cougars will need to be deeper to survive the kinds of schedules they've got this year and seasons beyond, and right now, BYU's relying on some relative newcomers and not seasoned veterans at some key spots. The tight end and the running back are Matt Bushman and Ula Tolutau, and uh, they were on LDS missions last season. The best talent on the interior of the D-lines, Kairos Tonga, he was on a mission last yeah. season. Now, as BYU deals with the current growing pains, Mark, it's worthwhile to note that it will be a while before the depth on this team is Kalani Sitake's chosen depth. His yeah. ultimate blueprint is still much uh, its a work in progress. Yeah, I know. So they have the injuries and players finishing their eligibility, and some players transferred, unbelievably. But uh, it does affect the depth of the team. You know, Taysom Hill and Jamal were much more important than anyone might have imagined from last year's team, and they haven't been replaced. But you lose Louis Lapuahu and Francis Bernard and Quinn Ficklin and guys like that, and that takes away that depth that you were talking about that you expected to have. But here's how you improve your depth. Coach Tuayaki rotates the defensive linemen and linebackers often in the game. It's like every fifth or sixth play, they'll rotate a new group in. That helps develop improvement the fastest. When you go out and play in a game and find out how good you have to be in order to be a player on that field, then you recognize, I've got to get better, and I have to get better in a hurry. So they work harder. They're happy about playing. They work. They're better in practice. So to improve depth, try to get players experience in game time and then they feel better about practice and they're going to improve the quickest. All right, coming up, Nate Mickle joins us from field level as our pregame coverage of BYU and Utah State continues. This is the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Francis catch, 10-5! This is the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, the BYU and Utah State straight ahead. BYU playing for a third consecutive win in the series. Cougs have won five of the last six overall against the Ags. It's Friday night football, and the BYU's on a five-game Friday win streak dating back to the Bronco Mendenhall era. BYU and USU sharing a common opponent, Wisconsin which beat the Aggies 59-10 in their season opener. The Badgers then beat BYU 40-6 13 days ago. So both teams were handled in a similar fashion, although the Aggies were truly steamrolled. They gave up 59 straight after leading 10-0. Last week, Utah took a fi- uh, Utah State took a 55-zip lead at San Jose State. They won the game 61-10. Kent Myers, two touchdowns running, two throwing. But on the year, he's been okay. More picks than touchdowns, and his offensive line entirely new. None of the five starters had started a game before this season. BYU's O-line, meantime, Mark, very veteran group. And the hope would be that for the first time since maybe Portland State, uh, BYU can expect to have an advantage maybe on both sides of the line tonight. I think they should execute better tonight for that reason. You know, the defenses that BYU has been playing are really good. They're fast. They uh, really are strong and physical. BYU has to be able to run the football tonight, and I think that's going to happen for them because uh, I just think that the they're going to be able to have a little more confidence in playing a team from the north. Let's bring in Nate Mickle now in the Zions Bank end zone. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Nate, do you think tonight's game is as big as I've made it out to be in terms of BYU from BYU standpoint? Yeah, I think so, Greg. When you play three ranked teams in a row, you know the wins are going to be tough to come by. But tonight's a game you feel like you can win. And if you do win, you're feeling good about your games against Boise, Fresno, UNLV, Hawaii. Don't win tonight. Suddenly those games are a lot closer to toss-ups and the bowl game becomes a lot more precarious. All right. 
right, that's Nate Mickle. Kickoff is coming up. After this, we'll get Mark's Ken Garf. Keys to the game, the coin toss, and the kick. This has been the Republic Wireless Cougar Kickoff Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.